Hello and welcome to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guide, the podcast. This is a two-part episode, so this week is part one. Next week will be part two of favorite movie scenes. This topic really runs the gamut of really classic movie scenes and some more obscure ones. So listen to the episode and then go check out those scenes. Enjoy! Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Tony the Movie Guy. I am your host, Tony the Movie Guy, and with me, as always, my lovely assistant... Miss Money Yenny. What? Miss Money Yenny. Miss Money Yenny! <laughs> oh my God, that's All right, that was super <laughs> awkward. Amazing. I know. Okay, good. So uh, this is a fun one. Um, we discussed this. Uh, these episodes were kind of cooling down a bit because we've had so many guests on recently. So many awesome guests. Yeah, so we get to just sit down and relax and pick some topics ourselves, which I've been kind of bursting at the bit to do some of these uh, topics. Every and you let and... me pick, so that was Yeah, cool. I did let you pick. Uh, well, actually, remember, I've had this one ready for a long time. <laughs> I know, but I still feel like I've <laughs> <laughs> and I had to just shave the list down because yeah. there's so many. Uh, so we picked, uh, you chose uh, best movie scenes. Yes. Basically like favorite sequences from movies. Yes. Um, and, you know, there, I mean, there isn't really like a definition for that. But, no. you know, th there's so many wonderful movies that you love from start to finish. Uh, but one of um, the films I saw in recent months that kind of inspired us doing this topic mm -hmm. was uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Right. I love the entire film from start to finish. But there's that two minute tracking shot. Right. Which is all shot in one take so when um, Sam Rockwell's character loses it. Yeah. And beats the living crap out of the the other character, Red. And it, it follows him across the street from the police station to the, the sign business place. And he goes upstairs and he pulls out his gun. And it, the, the tension, the music, it's so emotional. And he throws him out the window. And then the lady is screaming and going crazy. And he's like, shut the fuck up. And he punches her in the face. And he goes back downstairs and the camera is following the whole thing. And then he goes out onto the street and the, you know, reds, they're all bloodied and he yeah. kicks him in the face and people you know, are watching. Everyone's watching. He's like the deputy police chief. And then he walks into the police station. And just before he walks in, there's, you know, this uh, African-American guy that you don't know. He hasn't been introduced in the movie. Right. He's like, what are you looking at? And he, he goes in and then the guy pulls his jacket out and he's like the new police chief. <laughs> um, anyway, the sequence was incredible. And then also when we watched the after scenes and the, the featurette with the director talking about the film, he broke down that whole tracking oh, shot really? sequence That's in awesome. detail. I got to see that. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. And uh, like the technicalities and how difficult it was to shoot that because they had to use a stuntman and everything and everything had to be in exact place because it was all one single so take. So good. You're and, right. It was it was brilliant. Yeah. And he himself, the director, Martin McDonough, said that was his favorite scene and shot of the entire film. Awesome. So that's kind of what this list is inspired by. Um, and look, there's going to be scenes here that are just iconic. Yeah. You know, I, I obviously, a lot of those I just had to put on this list. But I also try to really look at sequences and films that are dear to my heart 
that maybe others don't know so yeah. much um, that I just are so memorable to me. Yeah. And I also try to kind of shake it up a bit. Drama, action, comedy. Me too. A bit of everything. But we're doing favorite movie scenes. Yeah, and my list is very personal. I'll be honest with you. They're not going to be surprises to you because you know me so well. A right. lot of them you will you will know and a lot of them may not be ones that you appreciate that much, honestly, but I love I'll them. These are them. my top ones. I'll try. Yes, yeah, so as always, my list is longer than it should be. I always compensate. <laughs> like six times the side of mine. <laughs> well, I had to shave it down a lot. So we'll go back and forth. We'll go through them. And one thing I will say before we uh, kick it off is... Um, unfortunately, this is an audio podcast yeah. and this, these scenes are so visual. Yeah. So, um, number one, because I, I like to think of myself as a bit of a, you know, an actor, I'll try and kind of, um, illustrate and describe oh. each scene as much as I can, I and as too. best as I can for the, uh, the, you know, the listeners. Um, but go to YouTube google the oh, scenes totally yeah exactly um, i think you'll make have a, a list yeah well you'll just or even do it as you're listening yeah, to exactly. it because each sequence is about a minute or so long some may be a bit longer and then you'll get a lot more out of it okay um and i you know because i'm crazy i did actually rewatch every single one of these sequences and scenes myself wow. to refresh my memory Okay, good. We'll get started. Do you want to say something I just else? have one question. So if I have several from a film, do you want me to give you all of those in one go or we just go back and forth um, all I, the time? Yeah, I mean, I would cover everything in one film. Okay, good. Because I, I yeah. tried not to do that so much, but there are some I have where, a few, yeah. yeah. There are some films where, I mean, almost every sequence is, is incredible. incredible. It, that, that's exactly right. I don't have that many where that, but you know, I just wanted to check with you as you're the boss. I'll allow it. Okay. Okay, good. So um, here we go. Uh, well, ladies first, actually. Best movie sequences. Appreciate you let me go first on this one because it's my passion and my heart. Jurassic Park. Oh, your favorite scene. Yes. So is it the one that I was talking about? Jello before? wobbling scene. Oh, it is? You did? You no, decided to put that down? It is on there. Because remember, we spoke about we Jurassic did. Park and, you know, I always say, well, the, the look, I don't love that film as much as you do. It's right. a good film. But they're parodied and they always reference the T-Rex scene, the first appearance of the T-Rex. And uh, was it Jello? I thought it was just water wobbling in the no. Uh, it's well, Jello. Here's the thing. Let me give you my scenes and okay. then we'll cover it. That is the third down on my list from okay. the movie. My absolute favorite scene from that film is actually when they first um, they've just arrived in Jurassic Park. They're being driven around in the jeep, and they stop, and Alan main character turns That's sam neil sam right? neil yeah. sees the first dinosaurs the brachiosauruses the long necks oh yeah that the music big, starts shot. The, yeah. the theme song starts na, 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 beautiful na. beautiful tony and then he <clears throat> literally she's uh ellie his you know girlfriend and she's the researcher That's Laura Dern, right? mm -hmm. she's sitting looking at a leaf and she's like this shouldn't be in existence i don't understand why it's here and he takes her head as she's yabbering on and turns it and they just stare and then right. they see this what they see and they start like crying and they're just like it's such an emotional scene and it's for me it's the scene that sets the rest of the movie. Yeah, it's stunning. It's a beautiful scene. I remember scene. what you're talking about. So there's that scene, and then there's the, well, I call it the jello wobbling scene because it's actually the scene where the kitchen scene with the kids starts. It's where she, they're eating a bunch of desserts, the girl and her brother. That's with the velociraptors. Correct. With the, with the velociraptors, they're eating a bunch of desserts and she's holding a spoon of green oh, jello and yeah, it, yeah, her yeah. hand starts wobbling because she sees it behind this, basically the banner. 
She right. grabs her brother. They run into the kitchen, and then that scene is just you're describing epic. it well because I I remember yeah. that exactly. And doesn't the Velociraptor open the door? The Velociraptor opens the door, and then she really chillingly says like, to oh, him, "Snap, it's on." <laughs> she goes, "It's inside." But it's I remember like really the, creepy. the, the yeah. Jello wobbling scene. Yeah, now. I remember that. And then the you know the chase um, proceeds, and it's really awesome because in the end she figures out how to trick it and it actually runs into its own reflection and bounces right. off and they run out. Anyway, I Great love scene. that Great scene. scene. So then third scene, obviously the famous T-Rex scene, which, you know, they're sitting there. Um, Jeff Goldblum's like got his eyes closed and suddenly you hear it. You just right. hear the first boom, boom. Right. And an anecdote on that scene that I happen to know from the making of, they had such a hard time getting that because you there's two things the mirror starts wobbling and then there's a glass of water in the car right and steven spielberg wanted these exact perfect little ringlets that oh yeah yeah when it's shaped yeah so he asked his basically like his um special effects designer how to figure this out and get it done they ended up stringing basically a huge guitar string under the car that's how they did it. Oh, like really? the, the equivalent of what would have been a guitar string to, to get that exact perfect movement. So they like literally did a mathematical yeah. equation and like yeah. choreographed how to make those drops. Yeah. I mean, that's Spielberg, man. <laughs> it is. I mean, he wanted one vision and they just, anyway. And obviously that scene is completely epic to its own. Where's the goat? Right. And it's just so iconic. Yeah, it is totally you iconic. Know. So uh, that, I mean, you know how passionate I am about that movie. I think it has many more, of course. but those are my top three that I chose. And it's got so many lines so and quotations. So many lines. So it's not on my list only because I knew it was <laughs> going to be on yours. But better be the reason, Tony. But no, I, well, I told you, I've appreciated that film more and more. I know. Um, I was never a huge fan. I, I enjoy it. It's, yeah. it's a good film. It is my childhood and I will always love I, it. I know. Um, and you explain those very well. Good. Okay, good. So I started with my favorite movie of all time. Let me guess. Well, you know my favorite movie of all time. Can I say it? Yeah. Dead Poets Society. Yes. Dead Poets Society, which again, um, this is a film that has so many memorable oh, scenes so many. to me. And uh, obviously the scene I chose is the ending. Of course. But it's actually not my favorite scene of really? the film. Really? That's my favorite scene. My favorite scene in the film is the suicide. What? Because it's so harrowing and it's it so is. haunting. Uh, Robert Sean Leonard, who's the other like main guy who's like the best friend of Ethan Hawke, he is so suppressed and oppressed by his father yeah. who doesn't think he's doing something wrong. The father no, is just, he's just set in his ways. Yeah. You know, this is set in, you know, kind of olden, olden times when they're very strict. Um, he's about to send him to military school right. and he completely suppresses all of his uh, artistic qualities yeah. and uh, talent, won't let him act. Um, and the guy feels like he has no way out. Yeah. And the music, the it's setting, he opens the window. He puts like Jesus's uh, crown thing made of That's thoughts right. on his head. From the he, play, Because right? he had just done a, a play. Um, and then he goes downstairs and the music and the tone, it's so strange. And the father and mother are asleep. Um, and then he opens the drawer and pulls out his dad's gun. And then it just like breaks away to the father waking up. Like yeah. shocked. Yeah. And then he walks around. He goes to the guy's room. The tension, the way it's done, it's totally silent. It goes on for a minute where he's like going down the stairs and then he goes into his study and he smells something. 
which is basically like the smoke from the gun, gunpowder. And then he turns around and you see the hand behind his study desk and the gun. And then just the way he like, my son. And he just, the music goes again. He just drops down and he's holding his dead body. And then immediately it goes to Ethan Hawke being asleep and all the other friends wake him up and they don't even say anything. It, there's no explanation. You, you just know it's all implicit. They're crying, and then it's just Ethan Hawke and all of them out in the snow late at night, and then he breaks down and runs off and crumbles onto his knees, and they just oh leave Oh, my God, him. you're making me cry. Uh, but <laughs> so good. that scene yeah. is, I mean, obviously it's so harrowing, but it's incredible. It is incredible. Um, Dead Poets Society is obviously, so it's Robin Williams. It's all about, he's a, you know, a type of a professor and teacher. I think his name is John Keating, mm-hmm. who basically teaches these children how to think for themselves, oh. which is mentioned several times in the film. Yeah. But again, it's a very strict, oppressive school system. Yeah. You know, stick to your exact um, regiments and yeah. your booklets and everything you have. Not about follow your dreams. Right. Follow the <laughs> curriculum only. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I'm not going to talk about the whole movie, but the final scene oh. is obviously, again, you know, also one of my favorites, but it's the most iconic and memorable where, um, you know, Robin Williams has basically been pinned for this kid's death. Yeah, well, they, been they fired. Uh, isn't it, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been so long for me, but isn't it like they're, they're pinning it on him because he gave the kid the idea to be able to become yeah, an actor or be something, an actor right? And do art. Yeah, I, I won't describe the whole film because okay. there's a lot more to it. But basically, he is fired. He's collecting his things and he's he's leaving the room and he's walking out. And the really oppressive, mean teacher is there. Um, and he's walking past and everyone's being silent. And then Ethan Hawke gets up and he stands up on the table and he says... Oh, Captain, my captain. And then slowly but surely, all the others start to do it. Not everyone does because some of them are dicks and some of them don't believe in his ways. Uh, But it basically ends with all these kids standing up on the table saying, Oh, Captain, my captain. And Robin Williams at least feels proud, even though he's still ruined. Yeah. That's what's kind of funny. You think he's still ruined, but he feels proud. He knows at least it wasn't all for naught. He got to summon them and, you know, it, it closes in on him. And Robin Williams says, Thank you, boys. And then it just <laughs> kind of pans in on Ethan Hawke. And also you can see he's kind of broken out of his shell because he was very introverted. And right. he'll go on to do great things. Anyway, that's Dead Poet Society. It, uh, that film is so beautiful. People have to check it out. And uh, yeah, the, the ending is, is just iconic. All right. Unbelievable. Over to you. Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's on. That's the next one on my list. But I'll let you go. Yeah. And then I'll just... Do yours. That's what we'll do. If we do the same ones, I'll just okay. include if I have a different scene. Now, I will say real quick, this is an entire trilogy. Yeah. It was really hard for me so on hard. the Lord of the Rings trilogy because I have got 25 sequences so I. I love. Yeah, so do I. Go ahead. So I took like the first, I think the top um, five okay. of mine that I love personally. Okay, so uh, top one for me is... You shall not pass. God damn it. Gandalf okay. dying. It's okay. We can both discuss it. That's the one, the only one I actually chose. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Well, then I'll give it to you. Well, uh, let me just it's say. It's okay because I have others. Let me say why on this one. Uh, again, as I said, there were just too many. Like there everyone were. complains but about the that five. That is so powerful. Well, everyone complains about the five endings of Return of the King. I love them. I, I understand it was so hard for Peter Jackson to let go. Here's why I chose You Shall Not Pass as well. That was the moment in the first film where I was like, 
holy shit, this film is incredible. Yeah, And did. took it to a whole new it level. Did. You're it was so already, right. It, it changed right there. It was already great before that, but let's think about it. So already the the, the production sets, the, the action, the visuals was incredible. Yeah. You've got Gandalf played by Ian McKellen going across the bridge. The Balrog is coming after yeah. them. You've got Aragorn, Gimli, you know, Legolas, uh, what is it, Boromir and Frodo and Sam and Merry and Pippin all Running. escaping. And then Gandalf turns around to to face the uh, Balrog and says, You shall not pass! You know? And um, stamps his yeah, stick. Yeah, stamps his thing. And he has this whole battle with the Balrog. And again, I've read the books yeah, many times. Me too. And that sequence is so iconic in the books. Yeah. And to see it brought to life so perfectly in the film, even better, was stunning. But then, so the Balrog, he explodes the the bridge and then the Balrog falls and you Ga- think he's okay Gandalf turns around and he smiles at Frodo as they're all going yeah. away and then the Balrog's whip grabs his leg and pulls him down and then he's hanging off Gandalf is hanging off the bridge and just that scene the way he looks at Frodo and then you know the music kind of goes down he just says run, run you fools yeah and then he lets go. And then, you know, Frodo's like, Screams. Gandalf! And then it's all slow motion as they're escaping. And the, uh, the you know, the, what is it? The goblins or whatever are, are firing yeah. arrows at them. And then the music, um, which is, I think, the music is so beautiful. This sequence, I yeah. listen to this cut, this yeah. track of yeah. this scene a hundred times. I, I have it literally on my iPhone and I just listen to it on shuffle because I, I love it. The morning bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. This is all part of the same That's sequence. That's the part I wanted to talk about. Well, it's too, actually the yeah. same. It's all the same it sequence is. because then that they're all mourning and the way it's done, like Boromir and you know Merry and Pippin, and yeah. then you know Aragorn, Aragorn's like we've got to keep moving, and then they turn around. He's like Frodo, and, let and, them grieve. Yeah, well Boromir says that, but then Frodo's kind of in the distance, and he turns around. And he's just got that one single tear, yeah, and he's just in such like disbelief. Anyway, um, thank you for letting me just talk about that because <laughs> that sequence is what made me go, okay, yeah. these films are incredible. Yeah, they Agreed. Are, are absolutely stellar. There's a million others. I will shut up and let you talk. I'll just now. add one thing to that sequence. Um, I was in the movie theater, first time I watched it. And it's rare that I ever see a man cry in the theater. Oh, I was a mess. I turned around and I had all these guys sitting next to me everyone was bawling oh, yeah. like bawl, like weeping and i was with one of my best friends who was a guy and he was also just sobbing and 10 years later <laughs> i still do oh yeah that's 15 scene, years later it, no do. matter what i will cry but it's also the emotion because even though you know he comes back right as gandalf the gray that's what's so um, incredible because i'd the read white. the books gandalf the white <laughs> the white yeah. um and and I knew it from the books. It didn't matter watching them go through their grief and their despair because you feel they feel like it's all over. Right. They're done for. It was anyway, so incredibly done. Yeah. So beautiful. And Look, then remember, um, Yenny, we could do and we are going to do a full Lord of the Rings episode. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, so that's kind of why I just picked that one. If you do have others, go ahead and do it. I I'll don't, do them fast. Well, I, yeah, because I don't want to because we could easily get in a trap and talk about Lord of the Rings You're for right. 30 minutes. Okay. Then I just want to uh, mention at least... One more. No, no, go for it. You which can is one that. Them. Um, so there's a chase sequence between Arwen and the Nazgul when. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. So Frodo gets stabbed. That's they're right. up on the uh, cliff, uh, not the cliff top, the rocks, and she she gets him, and they're on the horse, and that entire 
it's chase stunning. scene yeah. is it, which goes all the way to the river right is just unbelievable yeah, it, it, it's so like heart thumping and brilliant i'll just leave it at that i love no, that no, scene mention the others I'm just okay. going to restrain myself from going into a deep <laughs> discussion on them. <laughs> a deep them. dive. Okay, then the other one is obviously the ending sequence with Frodo and Sam saying goodbye. That's the other yeah. one I weep to death in, but it's so beautiful to me. I had that on my list and I took it off. Um, that's probably my favorite scene of the entire trilogy. Yeah. But again, it's a little bit more. You're talking about when uh, they're going to see off Bilbo Baggins, who's now very old. Yeah. Um, and he's that going scene. off with the elves on the ship to yeah. the other distant land where he can never return. Yeah. And then Gandalf says to Merry Pippin yeah. and Frodo and Sam, actually, I need to go. So then it's a double whammy. It's all emotional. And they're all like, no, you're leaving us. And it's all emotional. And then they say their goodbyes. And Gandalf walks away. And then he stops and he turns around. And, says, and he on, says, Frodo, Frodo yeah. it's time. Yeah, exactly. And then Merry Pippin and Sam look and they suddenly realize he's leaving them too and he's yeah. like you know it's over for you you guys healed but not for me yeah. i have to go and it's so emotional with mary and pippin but you're right that with just sam the, the communication Ugh. and the bond and love between sam and and frodo. Um, frodo is so beautiful i mean you could kind of make these homoerotic jokes about it no, but it cuts yeah. right through that bullshit that, because it's yeah. so pure and genuine yeah it really is and the way he like kisses him on the forehead and yeah. oh it's so i, They're I brothers it's they beautiful. love each other to all end and they've saved each yeah. other's lives and oh anyway so talk about being a quivering <laughs> mess <Yeah. laughs> 10 years later uh, i'm just i'm like <laughs> hold totally. me daddy this is my wife you know <laughs> no, um, totally. did you have any others uh just uh well this one would be too much for you to talk about the Battle okay. of Helm's Deep with well, Gandalf the White. It's, I mean, that's a 30-minute sequence. But that <laughs> sequence is yeah. a battle scene. Oh, yeah. my God. And I'll leave it at that. And then um, the end where Arwen gets revealed to Aragorn. He doesn't know she's there. Right. And then when he says... Uh, you, you, bow, kneel, you bow you to, bow no, to one. no one. Oh, it's so good. They just made Aragorn king. Yeah. So then uh, they you know, bow to him. Yeah, the hobbits are about to bow. And he's like, my friends, you bow to no and one. And then they all bow to him. Every, well, the king, the, Aragorn bows to them. So then everyone follows suit. And they look around their yeah. faces. They're yeah. so in awe. And they're like, oh, what is happening? Yeah, so it's that was amazing. the problem I had with Lord of the Rings. There's 25, There's so many. 50 sequences that are stunning, incredible. So we'll, we'll leave it at that, yeah. okay? Okay, good. Anyways, they um, are my... I mean, Lord of the Rings is my favorite of all time. Yeah, so. Dead Poets Society, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, those are my, yeah. my favorite. Okay, so next is Star Wars. So I left that off because I knew you would have it. Okay, good. So look, I, I actually just filled it in at the last minute because <laughs> I was like, screw that. I have to do Star of Wars. Of course you do. Well, again, with Star Wars, there's just so many. So many. There's so many. You could say, in, you know, look, in Empire Strikes Back, you know, I love you. I know um, Han Solo getting you know, Frozen, that sequence is, is incredible. Um, but obviously the most iconic, and this is kind of for the fans, but of it's course. just true, is the, you know, Darth Vader and um, Luke Skywalker battling an Empire Strikes Back. The actual battle is incredible. Yeah. Vader chops off Luke Skywalker's, you know, hand, and then he's there, and he's all, like, devastated. And, you know, Darth Vader says to him, you know, did Ben tell you what happened to his to your father? And he says, yeah, he told me you killed him. And he says, no, I am your father. And he says, no, 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 it can't be true. 
true. And then he literally says, join me, Luke. Yeah. Join me. And together we shall rule the galaxy. So I'll never turn to the dark side. I'll never be like you. And then the way they look at each other. And then he lets go. And then you actually see Darth Vader just kind of shrug in like, yeah. like a loss. Like, Ugh. why did you do that? Yeah. You know, um, it's incredible. The sequence is incredible. And also, come on, it was one of the biggest twists of all time of course um so i had to give a shout out to star wars again it's so hard because i could go on and on and on there are so many sequences but let's just say luke i am your father actually he doesn't say luke i am your father he says no i am your father that was good tony let's continue (laughs) amazing okay good yeah so that was a good shout out my next one I've seen it recently is Shawshank Redemption. You know, I left it off my list, which was really stupid. Um, no, 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 I didn't. I, I shaved it off my list. Sorry. Um, but oh, no, because I, I knew you would have it. That's why I feel better now. Yeah, it's funny because I hadn't seen it in about 10 years. I watched it again a couple of months ago. And it's I remember text. I always text Tony when I'm watching a movie. <laughs> he must get so annoyed. Not I'm like, all. Tony, I, I just rewatched this. how many people <laughs> randomly write me, email me, text me? That's good. People I don't know. Especially if it's one where you've recently been like, you have to rewatch this. And I rewatched it from start to finish on my own. And I just kept going, this film is incredible. Oh, it's a masterpiece. And um, yeah. I'll specify the, the scenes. What's the sequence? The s- two sequences, specifically the ending. So Red's whole journey going to meet Andy eventually right. on the beach. But yeah. there's a whole, you know, the music, he's, you know, um, it's his voice, you know, obviously Morgan Freeman's talking. Right. And he's kind of going somewhat into despair and you're worried he's going to go in that same sequence of not being able to take care of himself outside of prison. Because it shows that older guy who had been in prison himself, all yeah. his life and it shows him going to the halfway house exactly. or it, then getting this job at a supermarket, exactly. asking to go to the bathroom and then saying whatever his name was here and yeah. then hanging himself. And then it shows Morgan Freeman, Red's character, exactly. going through the same motions. Yeah. So you're kind of worried he'll do the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and then it goes, it takes a total upside, which was nice and has this beautiful ending on the beach. Right. And then I also absolutely adore the escape scene. I mean, it's just so yeah. cool. The escape scene is the most iconic. Yes. So course. those yeah. are my two favorite scenes, and I I freaking love them. Yeah, so, I mean, Shawshank's incredible. So he is in, Andy Dufresne is in that prison, I think, for something like 21 years. Yeah. Or maybe even totally. longer. And he has, I can't remember who the actress is. It's Pamela so- Anderson, I think, the poster. <laughs> You're what? so funny. What? This film is set in like the 40s. Oh. <laughs> that was amazing. Can I leave that in, please? No, Tony, yeah, that's so embarrassing. Okay, we're talking about the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Andy Dufresne is... Um, You're so right. No, it's like... Um, chipping a hole in the wall name? for like over 20 years. It's like Greta Garbo. It, it is. Or, it's one of those. It's not yeah, someone yeah. like that, but it's definitely not Pamela <laughs> Anderson, who was one of the Baywatch babes I, of the you 90s. You know what I'm thinking? <laughs> I'm thinking of a recent... like. Um, like TV show, like iZombie that yeah, I just it, watched. It's like a Marilyn Monroe. I actually yeah, can't believe right. I've, I've right. forgotten. But so the big twist in the film uh, and that sequence is, you know, again, you know, he's he does all the files and the taxes for that yeah. the warden who's like a total, you know, awful person. And he tells him to polish his shoes. Mm-hmm. And then he actually takes the guy's shoes and wears them. And he puts his beaten up shoes for the warden uh, because he knows he's done now. Because yeah. he's been secretly for years and years digging a hole 
through the wall to escape and he's been getting these posters that he just puts yeah. in the, in the way so when he, he suddenly vanished everyone's looking for him and then the they warden no idea well something hits the poster and the warden kind of hears, hears like an echo, echo or something yeah, yeah that's right so then he goes towards it and then he pushes it down and then he rips it out and he and sees that there's, troll, there's yeah. a tunnel and then it goes back and it shows how andy dufresne's been doing this for years he goes outside and he puts the you know the dirt through his pockets like the rubble yeah. to you know spread it out as he goes out every day um, and you know he goes through this uh, tunnel he goes through the sewage system yeah. and he comes out in the water and you know with all the the shit and stuff and that's that iconic yeah. sequence where it's raining, it's raining and there's yeah. a storm and he's got his arms spread out and it's, it's like freedom it's um, actually the cover of the movie <laughs> exactly so that's incredible and then the other I mean again there's so many the other sequence that's so memorable to me is when he plays the opera music and he locks the door and he turns the opera music oh, up yeah. and everyone's listening to it as the warden's coming and the, the, you know, the police people are coming and smashing the door down and he knows he's going to get beaten for it. But it's just a beautiful yeah. scene. Brilliant. Um, anyway, Shawshank is an absolute masterpiece. Okay, so this, this next one is, is an unusual one, but I just rewatched it recently and I just forgot how charming this film is but also how iconic this specific scene is, which is, believe it or not, don't laugh, Crocodile Dundee. Have you seen that film in a long time? I've seen it so many times. Okay, it's one of my mother's favorite movies Mine of too. all time. When it came out in 1986, it was a sensation. It was huge. Oh, we watched it like every two weeks. Okay, everyone knows, you know, you know, uh, Paul, Paul Hogan and, and the girl are in the alley and this guy comes out to mug them. And he, she's like, give him, give him your wallet, Paul, or whatever. Mick, Mick Dundee. Yeah. And he's like, Mick, he's give got a, him he's, your he's wallet. He's got a knife. And he's like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. And he that's pulls out his knife. huge knife. And, you know, so everyone knows that scene. And yeah. it's iconic and it's cool. The ending No, you're is right. It's the ending. You're which so I, right. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Do because it. I, love I it. forgot how feel good and just how like really quite moving and uplifting yeah. the ending of crocodile oh Dundee my god is. you're making me shiver i remember well, it's it now so well it's done so, good. so the mute basically um you know paul hogan plays this guy called mick dundee who's like this outback guy that this girl who's a reporter brings back with her to new york yeah you know because she's writing about him because you know he's fought like um i was about to say godzilla but um <laughs> crocodiles and stuff like that only you're not in the 1930s <laughs> much better than pamela anderson <laughs> oh, and shawshank up. redemption trust me really <laughs> and that's all you really that's all you yenny actually <laughs> actually yeah but um Oh, damn. What was I saying? Oh, okay. The yeah. So basically they fall in love. They, yeah. they actually fall in love, yeah. but she, you she's know, actually engaged. Well, exactly. She's yeah. engaged to this douchebag douche guy who she doesn't really love. Um, but he proposes to her. So Mick Dundee's like, all right, well, I'm done here. So he says he's going to go on a walkabout, which basically just means he's going to go explore America for like a year or something. So he's going to the subway in New York and That's then right. she finds out that he's he's leaving on the walkabout and she knows what that means. So the music starts mm -hmm. swelling. It's like this bongo and banjo and all mm -hmm. these Australian instruments and it's really cool music. And that she's running and then she takes her, uh, you know, her high heels off and she's yep. running faster and faster. And he's in the subway and it's completely packed like sardines with like, you know, like at the hundreds far end, of people. Yeah. And she gets there and she sees him right at the end because he's got his big Australian cowboy hat and she you know she's like i need to talk to the man in the cowboy hat and she, you know but he's too far away so she's like hey can someone help me i need to talk to the man in the cowboy hat so then there's this big black <laughs> right. dude yeah, he's right. like what do you want and she's like i need to talk to that guy 
you know? So then the, the big black dude like goes to this like real New York and construction guy who's a bit further That's away. Right. He's like, hey, get that guy's attention. Yeah. So then, you know, they, they both passed the, it's like a Simon yeah. says, they passed the message to Mick Dundee. The lady at the end wants to see you. Yeah. And she's like, um, what does she want? So then he's like, what do you want? And then the black guy's like, what, <laughs> what you do want? you want? She's like, tell him I'm not going to marry Richard. So then the black guy's like, I'm not going to marry Richard. <laughs> That's right. And the construction guy's like, I'm not marrying Richard. And then Mick Dundee's like, why not? And so the construction guy's like, why not? And the big black guy's like, <laughs> so why not, lady? And she's like, tell him. Tell him I love him. So the black guy's like, she loves him. And the construction guy's like, I love you. You know, anyway, it's so it's well so done with good. the music. So then, you know, they're all happy and he's trying to figure out how to get there. So he basically climbs on top of the whole crowd and, steps on people, and like, yeah. you know, crowd walks across all of them and they reunite and they kiss and, and the film ends. It's a beautiful it's, scene. It's like a three, four minute sequence with the music and everything. It's, and the lines, it's actually so iconic it is. and memorable. It is. However, somehow it's kind of being forgotten because everyone just remembers. It's true. That's not a knife. This is a knife, which is a fun little scene. Yeah. But the ending was brilliant. So I'm I, so glad you brought that I up. I had to mention it. Well, A, I just watched the movie again, so it's so fresh. But it also made me realize how much I've always loved that sequence. Yeah, me too. It was my, my favorite part of the film. Yeah. So Crocodile Dundee. Love it, a, Tony. A film from 1986. Uh, it's such a feel-good movie. Check it out, folks. Absolutely. My next one, uh, you know I love Courtroom. A few good men. Okay, that's definitely on my list, but I'll let you go. I've got it. Um, I I rewatched that. I'll probably reenact that scene because you know I'm a total nerd. Let me first, and then you can do it because you'll be better. Um, I watch that movie minimally twice a year. I watch it whenever it's on TV. I love A Few Good Men, Um, but there's two scenes that I absolutely adore. Obviously, the final uh, courtroom scene with Colonel Jessup, Jack Nicholson, and the cocky young counselor. Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom Cruise, right? who has figured out, obviously, how to try to make him confess, in essence, right. is what he wants. So um, that entire scene, how he badges him and just starts basically throwing these things at him about, like, he gets this whole thing. He's like, so he basically explains, so this, without telling the whole story. Is this the last scene yeah. or not? It's okay. amazing because because the way he works up to the last scene is incredible because he basically explains to the jury he's like why wasn't this kid packed if he was leaving right because the whole defense is the reason he didn't he order this leave. code yeah. red is he was like no he was booked on a plane and he was like that there's this amazing silence right. when he goes everything I'm wondering I'm wondering he why he hadn't packed right everything was hanging he wasn't going anywhere right and then that's when jack nicholson looks the slightest bit perturbed right and then starts getting angry and angrier and angrier and angrier and he then finally goes he wasn't going anywhere and starts can i just do it do it i mean that's what you're coming up to anyway. do it do it tony i mean the context of the film very simply is this marine gets killed yeah and it's kind of being covered up and hush hush and Cruz is investigating that and at first like people put them on it because they just think it's going to be like a one and done but then he really sees holding something is iffy here yeah so yeah and uh, well he's defending the two basically the two marines Marines who are being accused of murder right but they 
they're saying it was an order. Right. It wasn't murder. It was an order. It right. was a code red. and Which is known as a code red. So the whole finale dramatic thing is, you know, him, Tom Cruise, I think he's called Jessup. Yeah. Uh, no, no, Jessup, uh, it's Colonel he's Jessup. Coffee. He's, he's called, called Coffee, yeah. yeah. With uh, Colonel Jessup. And, and, you know, Jack Nicholson is such a big, respected guy in the army. And he's like... Did you order the code red? And he's like, you know, you don't understand this. Like, did you order the code red? You got damn right, right, I did. did. You know, and then he and realizes total silence. Yeah, what Jack he Nicholson's said. acting. I mean, he got an Oscar so nomination good. for 15, 16 minutes of acting. But what's so brilliant is how Tom Cruise looks un- utterly stunned that he yeah, actually that he said actually it. actually got him to yeah. admit to it. And then he's like, and then he goes, and then they start arresting him and reading him his rights. And he's like, I'm being arrested for doing my job. And then he starts going, no, anyway. So so I agree. That scene is incredibly iconic. What's the other one? The other scene is actually the tail end of the movie. It always makes me cry because one of the Marines that he's defending is like slightly not that intelligent, I would say. Like there's a African-American guy and a white guy and he's sort of like like a Southerner. And he's like, wait, what does that mean? We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And the... The black guy turns to him and goes, yeah, we did. We were supposed to fight for people who couldn't fight for themselves. We were supposed to fight for Willie. The guy that they the killed. The guy that they killed. And then yeah. the guy gets sad. And then uh, Tom Cruise turns to them and says, this gets me really emotional. He goes, you know, you don't have to have a badge on your arm to have honor. Right. And then he goes, ten hut. There's an officer on deck. Yeah, and that's it's to such, Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's that is such great scene. a good scene. You can't I love handle it. the truth. I'm entitled to the truth. You can't handle the truth. Did you author the code red? You got damn right I did. All right, sorry, I'm done. <laughs> anyway, those are my two favorite scenes of yeah. one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's great. And I told you, I revisited it last year, and I was like, oh my God, it really is just a solid, amazing film. Okay, moving on. Um, I'm not going to sound like I'm serious at all because my next one is Ace Ventura. Pet oh Detective. my God, Tony. You know, I. No, you're right. Here's the Don't thing. Worry. Here's the thing. I a, I'm mixing it up, but yeah, B, me too. I've told this story a hundred times that Ace Ventura Pet Detective is the film I remember falling off my seat totally literally oh my the gosh. first time i watched it yeah but i'm gonna do two sequences okay okay um the whole <laughs> sequence in the mental institution so where good. ace ventura is in a pink tutu yeah. his hair's all up and he's running around and he's like i know <laughs> i can do it captain just give me a chance and he's like i'm open i'm open he's like so good. and he does the whole instant yeah. replay and he's like oh and this yeah. is an audio podcast but he's literally Going in backwards. slow motion yeah. no he does the whole slow oh, yeah. motion like grabbing the you know catching the football and then he's like you want to see that in rewind he does it rewind it's incredible Mm. he's just running around in this pink tutu i i was and then he tries to fit into the box when he's trying to hide i was in tears the entire time uh but then later on in the film when he discovers that the uh detective sean young you know the she is a he yeah that's amazing the best. That's the best scene, and then the crying game. Einhorn is a man. Yeah. And then the 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 whole song, the crying yeah. game comes yeah. on, which is from an actual serious film yeah. about a girl who ends up being a guy. It was a very like revered Oscar film at, of that time, and he's in a fetal position, <laughs> in naked, <the> showering, <laughs> and he's like burns his clothes, yeah. and he's got soap everywhere, and he's got like his mouth full of like just a hundred pieces of gum, and he's just like a blubbering mess. That whole sequence as well killed me. So Dude. I. Had to yeah. in the jungle, the 
Oh, that's the sex scene as well, which is really so funny good. as the well. The bed. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and the animals. Yeah, and the, you know, the parrots going up <laughs> and down. So, so again, funny. there's tons of uh, sequences, but the, uh, probably the, that mental yeah. institution sequence yeah. with him in the pink tutu running around trying to reenact football. It, it, it's just so good. And, uh, uh, you know, also, I don't think anyone had really seen anything like that when Jim yeah, Carrey came. True came on you know into the spotlight his type of body comedy and stuff was so fresh and fantastic anyway i love it all right well as you're mixing it up a bit i will too i'll go from some of my more iconic ones to uh one of my favorite rom-com ones 10 things i hate about you god i see i didn't have that on the list and that oh my gosh that scene should absolutely be on the list because I love it. So Heath Go. Ledger's uh, singing scene is the one I'm referring to. I love to. you, baby. You're just too good to be yeah. true. Anyway, that entire scene is epic. There are describe it. Well, you kind of took it from me. But I didn't describe it. So um, obviously the girl he's trying to impress, she's in like the girl's soccer team. Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, that's right. And um, she's really mad at him and she's like, she like, is ignoring him and blah, blah, blah. He's just really upset her. And then um, his little buddy is like, you got to make a big, big gesture. You got to do some big. Which is a little baby Joseph yeah, Gordon. Exactly. And then um, he gets, goes, pays the, you see him paying the like guy who has like the microphone or the radio. Right. He and grabs like the, it. the watchtower. Or yeah. Something, and the watchtower. The and he gets onto yeah. the bleachers and he just starts singing. And he's got a great voice yeah. and starts dancing. And then the, the security guards are trying to stop him. And he like, Evades them, and, but actually, the, and then oh yeah, and the whole orchestra yeah. comes out like yeah. from the school, and and then she kind of you know she's at first staring at him like what an idiot, and then she laughs, and then the next scene is actually incredibly hilariously funny, which is he gets sent to detention, and then she wants to get him out of detention, so she goes and talks to the coach and flashes him oh, and does right. that whole scene. So I love that entire. Sequence. Well, then it goes on from there because yeah. then they go and have paintball together and there's that song thing. and then they kiss for the first time. But I agree with you. That song, bleachers, yeah. that song and dance and the way it's done and just how charming yeah. Heath Ledger was. So charming. I think is the most iconic scene it in is. 10 Things I Hate About You. It is. You. And I, 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 I fell in love with that film. I saw it in the theater like three times when oh, it yeah. came out. It's a great movie. I love it today. such a great, great rom-com. Anyway. Yeah. I remember reading the review for that film like, you know, 20 odd years ago. And I remember the critic being like, watch out for this Heath Ledger guy because he was uh, yeah, totally unknown right. he was totally an unknown like completely I was and, like god who's this gorgeous hunk but they like that critic called it right there because yeah. they were like this this guy has oh, yeah. charm and charisma to spare yeah you know and look at what I mean god what so became, annoying I, I mean That's not look even... at what he did at the age of 27 you know. know what I mean okay good so I'll move on so the usual suspects of course uh, so the ending obviously is is Probably so the most good. iconic and my favorite twist ending of all time. Oh, really? That's your favorite? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, of of it's twists. It's not my favorite. Oh, it's absolutely mine. So, uh, you know, again, Kevin uh, Spacey, his personal life, that's separated. Yeah, As an actor, he's phenomenal. Yeah. So he Amazing. plays this, like, gimpish character with a limp, you know, who's the, in the whole movies in the, and there are spoilers here, it's been out for 25 years, he's in the um, police station, police station yeah. You know, basically telling the story to Charles Palmanarity, the uh, detective, you know, and describing what happened and talking about this big bad villain. Yeah. No one really knows who he is, but he's just like evil incarnate called Kaiser Soze. Yeah. And he's describing all the events of all of him and his friends who were recruited by this guy and how they're all being picked off and killed one by one. And then how in, terrifying right, he is. Right. And, and then in the end, 
you know, he basically finishes giving his statement and he's they're like, look, we want to hold on to you for your protection. He's like, I don't need protection from the pigs. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave. But he's all like crying and feeble. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, there's one witness left who has been in a coma, um, but he just came out of it. So they're getting a, a description from him and someone is doing a portrait. Oh, that's right. And yeah. that's being faxed through as he verbal Kent Kevin Spacey walks out. Um, oh, and then one other thing you need to know for context is there's a, a lawyer played by the late Peter Postlewaite who always represents Kaiser Shose, who you see throughout the film. You never actually see Kaiser Shose. So then at the end, Charles Palmanati is just drinking his coffee and he's just kind of staring at the, you know, the room. The board. And there's there? a big yeah. board that's got all these clippings and things on it. And it shows Kevin Spacey's character, Verbal Kin, outside kind of you know, walking with his limp and he's looking all kind of feeble and he's outside and Chaz Palmanati, I'm probably saying his name wrong, is just looking at the board and then all of a sudden it kind of, it starts flashing on all different clippings and, and these things, names yeah. and these locations and places on the board and the cup drops in slow motion yeah, and smashes. So good. And then it, he realizes everything that has just been described by Kevin Spacey in this film he made up from the clippings on the board, board the names, everything. Kobayashi, I think, is on the cup, which is the name of yeah. the lawyer. And it then pans to Kevin Spacey and his limp, and then slowly the limp goes away, and he's he walking straight. And then he puts on some sunglasses, lights a cigarette, and he turns, and then this car limo arrives with Kobayashi, the lawyer that had always been representing Koza Soze, and then he gets in the car and drives off uh, just as Charles Palmanati runs outside. He's just missed him. And then it fades to black and it says the greatest trick the devil ever pulled yeah. was to convince the world that he never exists. And then whew, he's gone. So And it just good. ends like boom. It like is, the music you're right. Goes it's like, probably boom. the best twist ending there is. The now that you describe the whole thing, I was going to, for me, it's Sixth always sense. been Sixth Sense. Well, but that's simply because I like the film overall more. And I don't know if I ever told you the story of me and Sixth Sense. Yes, you have several I was times. In, and yeah, on the I was in a theater <laughs> and a, a, a hot chick came up to me and I was talking to her. And, you know. You admit it still. Well, no, you? I hadn't even seen hadn't it. Seen she had the just come out of it. Yet, yeah. She's like, oh, I just saw Sixth Sense. He was dead all along. And I was like, <laughs> seriously? Yeah, so it kind of always ruined it. It's good. but I loved it. You, I remember when I watched Usual Suspects with a group of guys and we were just stunned. We yeah. were just like, well, what the hell? As you're but mentioning. also, just as a scene, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. So Sixth Sense was on my list, so I might as well mention oh, it. Oh, go for it. Um, I didn't have it. When I watched that in the theater, it was actually around the same time that 10 Things I Hate About You came out. Um, I was yes, 15 98, or something. 99, yeah. Same time as like Fight Club yeah. and all these movies. Yeah. So I remember being in the theater. And first of all, that's, it scared the freaking crap out of me, Six that movie. Cents. Oh, my God. I had nightmares for weeks. And I, I mean, the kid. The yeah. kid. Haley Joel Olsen. Oh, incredible. So good. Oscar nominated at the age of nine or something. So good. But that entire, because I had no clue. Like I was, I had absolutely no idea. I mean, I was young too. Maybe now I would have known, but then when it pans out and does the whole, you know, all the flashes, all the sequences and you realize, oh my God, he's been dead the whole time. I see dead people. Yeah. And right from the beginning when he meet, well, number one, the film, you're right. It, well, the, I see dead people is not what makes well, him realize. Well, the way the film is 
put together as so meticulously well done because when you watch it the second time you're yeah. like oh it's so obvious oh he's never looking but, at directly right. well, out of anyone yeah opens with him getting shot and then it's like later and when he first meets Haley joel osman it's cold yeah totally you know you can see his things. mouth like it's like icy and uh, smoky and stuff yeah. all these things and he's scared of him at first yeah you know so there's all these clues and you're right whenever he's with his wife he's he with tony yeah. collette which is Haley joel osman's uh, mother he never speaks to them yeah. But it pans to like a scene with him and Tony Collette sitting next to each other and they're both laughing. Yeah. So you kind of, it gives you the impression they were talking, but they actually never were. No. They never say anything. And then she kind of goes off when he has the whole conversation yeah. at the, the dinner table with his wife. She's she, never looking at him. Yeah. No. You just kind of think that she's pissed off with him. So it's so well done. So well done. Again, once you've seen it, it kind of takes it away a bit, which yeah. by the way is similar to Usual Suspects. Once you of course, know once the, you know the big twist, wham bam ending, yeah. it doesn't have the same kind of heft. But, it um, doesn't. But overall as a film, I just loved it. So it's then a classic, so yeah. that that ending to me was one of the best sequences because I was like, what just happened? Right. Anyway, might oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, Sixth Sense is great. Okay, good. So I I do one. Do okay, good. Untouchables. Um, so this I still is, haven't seen it. Okay, it's a it's an incredible gangster film about Elliot Ness with Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, and it. He won his one and only Oscar, and De Niro plays Al Pacino, um, and mm -hmm. it's it's all about taking over. Um, you know, Elliot Ness basically hunting down and taking over these these mafia people. Um, the whole film's great. It's got a very iconic scene, which, again, I think has been kind of probably forgotten now because the film's about 30 years old. But at the time, it was parodied a lot where um, there's a big shoot down between with oh, and Andy Garcia. This okay. was like one of his big breakout roles. He's great in it. So Kevin Costner and Andy Garcia are in this train station. And this the whole set piece is an incredible... Um, example of tension and building tension okay. so that they're basically on a lookout for like these mafia people and then trying to spot this other person who's trying to escape and they know like some mafia guys are going to try and kill him and then there's sailors who walk down and there's these big long steps that go up and you know i think kevin costner's at the top and andy garcia's at the bottom and then there's this lady with a baby and a pram and she's trying to pull the pram up and she's pulling up step by step so all these different events are happening mm -hmm. and then all the action goes into place and there's this big shootout that ensues, you know, but then like civilians are getting killed at the same time. And then the girl with her pram and baby is like three quarters of the way up. She gets knocked by one of the uh, mafia guys that they shoot. So then the, the pram is going dunk, dunk, one by one down the steps with the baby in it. And it zooms in on the baby and Kevin Costner's like running for the pram and wow. he's trying to shoot everyone else and stuff like that but he can't do it so then i think what happens andy there's one band like kevin costner shot two of them andy's shot one or two of them and then andy garcia i think leaps for the pram grabs the pram stops it just in time then he has his again this is an audio podcast but i'm literally trying to reenact <laughs> yes. it and then he like has his gun up with the you know his hand and his eye like you know zoning in on the target and there's one left who's about to shoot kevin costner and then he's like have you got him and andy garcia's like yeah i got him and he shoots the last one it's an incredible oh, sequence awesome. of tension really good and at the time i remember it was so popular it got parodied a lot oh wow um but that's untouchables which is also a fantastic film i have to see it definitely all right my next one's gonna be one of my other favorite movies the princess bride 
oh my god, I don't know if I actually had a, that's a crime, scene on her. Well, again, that's one of those films that just every scene is incredible. It is. But go ahead. Um, I had to narrow it down. I mean, you know, I know that movie back to front. I love it. My two favorites, starting with the cliffside duel. So with which one though? With Andrea the Giant or no, with Inigo? the first one? It is Inigo Montoya, and obviously. I just realized that would be my favorite scene yeah. in the hallway, but go on. Oh, well, that's my second one. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, uh, he's, he's obviously, actually, it starts when he's hanging there on the cliff with the rope, and he's Ooh, been... Wesley. Yeah, Wesley is, yeah. and uh, Inigo has been left there, basically, to kill him. Right. So he's like, <laughs> he says in his Spanish accent, which I cannot do, I do not suppose you could speed things up, and he's like... Uh, I'm hanging off a cliff here kind of thing. This doesn't look as easy as you think <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. And they have this whole very funny conversation. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, I promise I will not kill you until you reach the top. And he's like, do you swear? And he goes, I swear on my father, you know, on my father's life. Um, and then he pulls him up and, and he, he, uh, Wesley goes for his sword and he goes, wait, 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 wait until you've had a rest. And yeah, he's like, him stretch. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, thank you. It's very and, noble of you. <laughs> yeah, and they have this whole whole little conversation and basically Inigo's trying to get to know him and he really likes him and he's like, you know, um, I hate to kill you and all this stuff, you know, all these great lines. And then, but then the duel is just with the music, yeah. that, you know, they jump. It's like this choreographed dance in yeah, essence. It's very well there's, done. There's all these stones and these rocks and um, the man in black is what he is right now because they don't know it's Wesley. Um, the Dread Pirate Roberts, he calls himself. And they, you know, they, they spin and they dance and they jump over each other and the whole thing is just incredible. And um, and then right in the middle of it, he's like, who are you? Wouldn't you like to know? Or something like yeah, that. He's it's like, impressed. He yeah, sees he's that really he's, impressed. He's actually good, yeah. And then at the end, he doesn't want to kill him so he just knocks him out knocks and runs out, for yeah. the next i mean there's so many after that yeah, but that then is the whole fight with andre the giant is, so is just good. as good so, but, and and you know. even with the little weasley yeah with inconceivable yeah. with the poisons yeah. you know exactly i and mean each one of those scenes are just incredible but that's still amazing. a great one i love that scene yeah. and the, the chemistry between those two i thought was the best and then obviously he goes after the count the guy um, with five fingers. The man no, with five fingers. Five fi- six, fingers. <laughs> six fingers. Oh my God. Six fingers. <laughs> you and Pamela Anderson, man. And six you fingers. said Pamela Anderson. <laughs> but yeah, six fingers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, so then he meets him in the castle and he does his whole speech. My which name is Nico Montoya. You, you killed, killed my, my father. father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. Yeah, but when he actually sees him in yeah. the hallway and he does it and he says it and it's all The tense. guy turns and runs. Yeah, and then the runs. guy turns and runs away. <laughs> and he that, chases him. That scene is it's very so powerful. And also what I love is the film's so funny and adventurous, yeah. but that whole storyline, yeah. you it's feel powerful. emotional yeah. heft for it. You really do. It's got pulled. Because yeah. his um, father was stabbed through the heart when he yeah. was 11. And it's it's very sad. Yeah, I mean, Princess Bride is incredible. Anyway, I mean, it is. my fave. Okay, good. So I have another one, True Romance. Yes, um, I knew you'd do that. So True Romance is just such an incredible film. Um, th- there's actually several incredible sequences. The mm-hmm. big shootout at the end is mm-hmm. stunning. Um, the That horrifically brutal and violent scene with James Gandolfini yeah. and uh, Patricia Arquette, uh, Alabama, yeah. where he's just at first toying with her and beating the crap out of her, but then she really fights for her life. It's so disturbing, but brilliantly done. Really good. But as I've said, I, one of my all-time favorite movie scenes, just in terms of dialogue, acting, setting, 
And it's what's annoying is it's so politically incorrect. I yeah. can't really describe the scene. Just out of respect, I won't. I understand. Um, but anyone who's watched True Romance knows the sequence I'm talking yeah. about, which is with uh, Clarence's father, played by Dennis Hopper, and Christopher Walken. And mm-hmm. it's the only scene that Christopher Walken is in the Actually movie. Actually in it, yeah. Where he's this mafia boss guy, and they're basically trying to track down uh, Clarence in Alabama, who have accidentally stolen a big suitcase of cocaine um and they're trying to track him down so they're torturing the father to get information about it um and you know he offers him a cigarette and he's dennis hopper declines and you know he's you know christopher walken talks in it's such a subtle performance from both of them he talks in such an icy kind of like you know very kind of weird creepy way you know kind of unassuming but very threatening still um but anyway, they, they tortured Dennis Hopper and essentially Dennis Hopper realizes I'm not getting out of this alive. Yeah. And then this like beautiful orchestra music starts swelling and he's like, you know, I think I'll have that cigarette now. And he just goes on this whole roll about where Sicilians were spawned from. Yeah. And he basically just spits in Christopher Walken's face, but he does it in this really beautiful way. And then Christopher Walken <laughs> and everyone, everyone laughs but they're laughing like, you know, they, right. it's You're not dying. really funny. And the look and expression on Dennis Hopper's face, like he laughs with them, but he, he knows he's, he's, he knows he's dead. And then Christopher Walken turns around. He's like, oh, that was a good one. And he grabs a gun and he shoots him in the head and he shoots him several more times. And he's like, I haven't killed a man in 15 years. It's, it's such an incredibly staged scene. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. And it just works on its own. And I love it. I've watched it a hundred times. Uh, it's brilliant. And it's just yeah. a, it's, it's kind of lightning in the bottle when you put two incredible actors together. Yeah. And I don't think um, maybe when they were directing and when that script was written, it's got so much sharp, witty it's dialogue true. and so yeah. many incredible sequences. I don't think anyone really thought that that one would just stand out as so iconic. But oh, my God, it is. It's 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 super. Yeah. And again, I only actually saw that probably a year ago for the first time. Yeah, all and that the way scene through. was incredible, and, right? Oh, my God. I was just. It's like breathtaking. You're yeah. like, what is what is happening? It, it's it's so gripping, but also kind of weirdly beautiful yeah, it and is. kind of haunting. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. Okay, Goodwill Hunting. Definitely on my list. Um, ladies first. Obviously, it's actually and, the most emotional and try and keep my mouth shut. It's okay. The most emotional and sad scene. This is actually one of the ones I kind of cheated on because I had a few because it was so hard not to. This film has so many incredible scenes. Here's a funny thing: when I first saw Goodwill Hunting, don't hit me. I didn't Ooh. like it. Really? Um, I I was young. I You're didn't. Too far I didn't. Away. I, I can't hit you. <laughs> I didn't really understand it. I, I I wasn't really into movies the way I am now. I was more of like a impress me with some action and cheap, you right. know. No, action it's, a, it's movies. a solid drama. It is a very much a drama dialogue, and acting. I didn't really understand it when I right. first saw it. I was okay. too young. So then when I saw it again, I would say actually four or five years ago. I mean, I was crying almost through the whole film, but that scene where. Robin Williams finally really gets through to Matt Damon. Oh, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. And Matt, oh my God, it just makes me cry. And he he's, he just starts looking at him and he just keeps without like, flinching yeah, saying, I know, I he's know. like, I know. And he's, he's like, like no, 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 it's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. And he, it, he gets through so and he yeah. says it over and over again until Matt Damon 
breaks down and throws his arm around Robin Williams. Well, he goes through all the different emotions yeah. as well. He's like, he not you, angry. don't fuck yeah. with me. And he starts like he punching He gets really him. angry. And then he breaks down and he, eventually you're right. Yeah. He just cries and he just, you know, hugs him and he's and like... he's sobbing. Yeah, and he's like, fuck him. Fuck him all. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not it your fault. It is such a great scene. You know why I love that scene? It could be corny. It could and, be. And it's it not totally because could of be. those actors. Yeah, the two actors were incredible they make it genuine and sincere um and he gets he basically cracks uh you know that emotional instability he has about his past well he's just a wall he won't let anyone anyone in in. he breaks down the wall and he gets through to him which is amazing because he actually just he cared enough for that person in front of him to get there he could have given up on him so many times because that happened with uh, will hunting which is matt damon's character with mini driver's character he he really does love her but he won't let her in which is actually one of my favorite sequences is the, the breakup that they have I don't remember that. It's so raw. It's just so raw. Like the acting is incredible because she's like moved to Los Angeles with me. And it's like, why why would I? You know, probably in a few months you're going to get bored of me or you'll find out. She's like, why would you say that? If you don't love me, just be a man and say the truth. It's like, I didn't say I don't love you. But he gets angry because he doesn't trust her and he doesn't believe her. It's like, you you don't want to hear that my father used to beat me and he used to put, you know, cigars out on me. She's like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And he's like, fuck you don't fuck with it gets really intense and she says to him like you know just tell me you don't love me just tell me you don't love me and i won't call you and i won't write you and i'll leave you alone and then he just looks up at and he says i don't love you and he walks out and she just breaks down it's such an incredibly acted that sequence alone i'm like okay they both deserved the oscar nominations they got because it was incredible um did either win no, oh. neither in one. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon oh, yeah, won right. the screenplay because they wrote it. Best screenplay. That um, that is you're right. A beautiful. But scene. there are there are several scenes. There are two others I love. Um, the the one in the bar, the Harvard bar, when they yeah. first meet Mini Driver, yeah. and Ben Affleck is trying to. Uh, chit chat and and then that douchey guy comes along and just starts belittling him and making him feel bad about the studies because he doesn't really know you know and he's like yeah i remember that class it was in blah blah and blah blah and then matt damon comes in he's like is this what you do you come and you embarrass my friend in front of uh, women with you know reading stuff out of a book and obviously i can't reenact what he does but matt damon he's so brilliant he just starts on this whole diatribe of like yeah. history and stuff like that. And the guy's like, well, actually that is from blah, blah, blah's journal. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's from blah, blah, blah's journal from 1862. I know what you're going to say, but you know, and he's like, you know, but you know, look, she's all impressed. <laughs> yeah. She's all super impressed. The guy's gut. And he's like, well, you know, or we can just step outside and, talk about it there if you want it because you know he he He's likes fighting <laughs> matt damon likes just beating the shit out of people anyway so then the guy leaves and then afterwards um he goes up to the window where the guy is in like a, a restaurant or something nearby and he's like hey do you like apples and the guy's like yeah and he's like well i got her number and he puts the phone number on the window it's like <laughs> how'd you like them apples <laughs> no one really understood what the hell right. that means and i still don't but i think it's kind of like you I know think it's just a saying fuck you yeah it's just <laughs> i have same. no idea um, um, that's but, awesome yeah you're right but actually my favorite is wow. in goodwill that's what i'm saying there are several so this was one of the ones i was going to cheat on so he describes uh matt damon's character will hunting describes to robin william who's basically like his psychiatrist yeah. or, you know counselor but he, again he's a different kind of one he's one who really tries to help people really tries to yeah, l- let them totally. think for themselves he describes this this famous Red Sox game or something, okay. but how he didn't go because 
he said to it, he wrote on a napkin to his friends, I've gone to go see about a girl. Oh, that's and right. And he stayed and had yeah. a drink with his, uh, with the girl, which ended up being his wife for 30 years. Yeah. So my favorite scene is the ending of Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Because it goes back to that sequence. And then also Ben Affleck, who's his best friend, they're both construction workers. And then there's that scene where Matt Damon's like, you know, we're going to be doing this forever, you know breaking rocks, you know, drinking beers, getting drunk, fighting people, you know. And then Ben Affleck turns to him and says, if you're still doing this in 30 years, kill me. Yeah. You know, you're brilliant. You have a gift. And he says, you know what I do? Every morning, because every morning, and it shows it several times throughout the film, I drive by your place, I stop, I walk up the front yard, I knock on the door, and, you know, for a second, I hope that you're not there and you've just gone. No message, no note, right. you've just gone. You know, because you have a gift and I don't want you to waste it. And Matt Damon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So these sequences are, are kind of good, but you don't really have the context right. until the end of the movie. So true. And the very last scene of the movie is Ben Affleck doing that, driving up, honking his horn. He doesn't come out, going up, knocking on, no answer, looking in and seeing he's cleared out and he's gone. And Ben Affleck just kind of realizes, oh my God, he's gone to go make something of his life. And he smiles and he... He walks off and he's like, he's not there. He's gone. And then Casey Affleck's like, I'm taking shotgun. And he <laughs> runs up to the front. Right. And then at the same time, it shows um, uh, Will Hunting in the new car that they all got for him for his birthday, driving up to Robin Williams' apartment and leaving a note mm -hmm. and then driving off. And then Robin Williams goes downstairs, pulls out the note and it says, I've gone to go see about a girl. Yeah. And then the final sequence is Elliot Smith's Miss, Miss Misery, the song playing as he's driving to Los Angeles to go and find and retrieve Minnie Driver. Yeah. It's You're right. That's so brilliant powerful scene. and beautifully done. And I love it when a film kind of comes together like that. Yeah. They use things from earlier. And a lot of times I catch it and of I know course. they're going to and sometimes I don't. But it, it, that film, I watch it every year. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, it's a great movie. Good Will Hunting. Yeah. All right. And thank you for making me rewatch it and like it. All right. And what we're probably going to do, since we're having so much fun here, is we're probably going to do a two-parter okay. on best movie scenes. Why don't we do one more? Okay. Or maybe one or two more, and then we'll break, and then we'll do part two. Sounds good to me. Okay. Your turn. Okay. I'm going to go old school and go psycho. Wow. Psycho. Yeah. Okay. Oh, the shower scene? Of course. I mean, of course. I'm just going to give it a mention because... Um, I'll be honest with you. A little funny story. I think you know that I saw the new Psycho first. And you and several of my other friends were like, you haven't seen the original? Oh, that's right. What you is saw wrong the with Gus you? Van I know. remake with Vince Vaughn and Anne Hesh's butthole. <laughs> Anne Hesh's butthole. Anne Hesh's butthole. Okay, Anne so butthole. then. Let's all go inside. Boop. Have you not heard that song yet? No. I told you it's on Hollywood Babylon. Okay. I, <laughs> Shout yeah. out to Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. No. No, Continue. Tony, I haven't. Um, okay. So then I went back and I watched the original, which I friggin' loved. Alfred Hitchcock's Alfred Psycho. Hitchcock's Psycho. And it's so funny because I was like, you know, I wonder if black and white movies will actually impinge on me with everything I've now seen. Because I haven't seen that many. Hmm. I haven't seen enough. Well, let's that film's just say. actually from 1960. He just decided to shoot it yeah, in black and, and white. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I loved the movie itself, but then that obviously that scene, that in the end. I mean, his Norman face Bates, at the man. end. Oh. It's oh, that psycho look. That grin. And did you see what they did right with the skull? Did you notice that? Oh, you need to watch the last frame of Psycho again. The skull? It shows like a transparent like skeleton. I didn't like notice a skull. that. Yeah. But I it's just remembered so his, his sickening grin. Because he's a psycho. He's a psycho. And <laughs> yeah. But that entire sequence is obviously... And I also know 
a lot about like I've seen a whole making of um, Alfred Hitchcock's films right. and how they how they were you know trying all types of things of what were they using as the blood and they ended up using corn syrup corn syrup because yeah. other things weren't working and this and that and the music and the shots and I just think it's awesome well, because it wasn't black and white he could do corn syrup so hold on so the scene you're talking about is the famous shower scene yeah so the you know she's in the hotel the motel um and it's what's it called again the what? motel bates motel ba- the bates motel <laughs> oh my god i'm good tonight so uh she's she's alone in the room the story has progressed she's well she's showering she's showering but it, it goes slowly at like first she like she she takes off a robe right right she puts the thing down the music starts going she opens the shower steps in and and, and you know if you think about it, if you hadn't seen um this movie before right and this and everyone didn't know it as iconically as they did it would have been pretty pretty freaky in the theater well, it, I and everything. I think it it's, still is. It's pretty scary. And Absolutely. it kind of made slasher horror. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then suddenly <laughs> what you think, you know, you think it's well, It a, looks like a woman because um, he's dressed woman. as his mother. Yeah. It's, you think a woman and you, you know, that's the whole thing. The twist, obviously. Yeah, so a ni- there's a knife attack and you don't really know who it is. It looks like a woman. And he murders her and kills her. And now it's actually not that graphic. But no. for then and with yeah. that... And you do see her boobies. So you do see her boobies. And in the uh, remake, you see Anne Hesh's butthole. <laughs> That's wonderful, Tony. I'm glad you're so obsessed with Anne Hesh's butthole. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I love that scene. It's so. incredible. Okay, good. I'll do one more yeah. just so we kind of end on a bit of a high note, not a hey, creepy that low? horror movie. Um, and, then, and then we'll take a break, okay? Okay, okay Garden State. So I know you're not a huge fan of this movie. I need to rewatch it. You probably it. should uh, rewatch it. I absolutely love this film. Zach Braff wrote directed it he chose the music he won a grammy for the music natalie portman's and she's so adorable and kind of clumsy and cute in this film um i love it there is a sequence that i absolutely adore in this movie where um you know so zach braff's character is basically being on medication he's been on psych drugs his father's a psychiatrist he's he's had mental problems um his mother slipped and died um, well, she was paraplegic and then died because of a freak accident that he caused when uh, he was a kid. So he's been in depression. So he comes back home after years and years, New Jersey, Garden State, right. to attend the funeral. And he meets up with old friends and he meets Natalie Portman, who also she has like um, epileptic fits and mm. stuff like that. Um, anyway, they meet up, they get to know each other. He meets up with his friend, Peter Sarsgaard, who's excellent in this, who's this kind of like douchebag guy, but they're best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and slowly throughout the movie and all the little escapades he goes on, him and Natalie Portman basically kind of fall in love. Um, and Peter Sarsgaard is trying to track down something for Zach Brass's character as kind of a going away present before he leaves. And they go to this weird, like, big abyss mm-hmm. uh canyon area Mm -hmm. where a guy is like living in a caravan with his wife and their baby um and all he does is he just kind of looks after this big kind of canyon it's like a deep 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 hole and he's like i know probably people think we're kind of weird but i've got my wife you know my baby i've got everything i need i i I couldn't be happier and zap braff's kind of like wow you know i i get that and then it starts pouring in rain outside and then the wife's like do you guys want some trash bags (laughs) so she puts trash bags on all of them and they all go outside and you know it's pouring in rain and zach braff turns around to the guy and he's like good luck with your journey into the deep abyss and then zach braff kind of goes you know screw it like it's kind of a 
the, the way the scene's done is kind of like, this is where he's kind of like, I'm going to change my life. Right. So then he climbs up this big, like, machine thing where he gets right to the top, looming over the abyss. And he screams into the abyss. He just lets out this huge yell and he just yells into it. And the camera, like, pans into this huge abyss and uh, kind of canyon or chasm. Yeah. And then Natalie Portman and P Peter Sarsgaard both get up. And then they, you know, they all three of them yell really out loud into this abyss. It's just this really quirky cool. kind of cool moment. And then he turns to Natalie Portman and he kisses her and they embrace and they have their big kiss. And then uh, it's um, Simon Garfunkel's Only Living Boy in New oh, wow. York playing in the background, which is this beautiful song. And it just goes so perfectly with the scene. And I absolutely love it. It's just, it's a very beautiful scene. And it, it's also, it's kind of a turning point for his character. Right. Okay, cool. That's Garden State. Um, this is fun. We've got a lot more to go. We do. So we're gonna end part one now. Good night. See you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to another new episode of Tony the Movie Guy, the podcast. My weekly reminders, don't forget, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Tony the Movie Guy. Email us at Tony the Movie Guy podcast at gmail.com and leave us a review or rating on iTunes. Also, if you like the podcast and you want to support the podcast, think about becoming a patron on, of the podcast. Find us on Patreon. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.